Today on the newscast, I am in Jerusalem where Vladimir Putin's demand for control over an old city church is causing new tensions between Russia and Israel. Plus, we've got all the latest on the chaos atop the Temple Mount, and you'll meet Ukraine's warrior pastor. That's coming up. Hey folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast and welcome to Jerusalem. You can't see it now, but the Temple Mount is behind me. I am in God's city. I just arrived a few hours ago. We're going to do some incredible Watchman productions here. I'm also part of a delegation of Christian leaders and we will be leaving Israel tomorrow and traveling elsewhere in the Middle East to a few countries I can't tell you where I'm going just yet, but I will be back in Israel next week to wrap up my trip. We've got an exciting several days lined up ahead of us uh, for the Watchman team, and we will bring, be bringing you on-the-ground reports right here on the Watchman newscast. I'm coming to you today just from my phone. I'm a bit jet-lagged. I, again, I just got off the plane a few hours ago, but I had to come to you when I'm in God's holy city and we have a few things to talk about today real quick before we get to a very important interview. Number one, uh, tensions continue today atop the Temple Mount. Palestinian rioters from inside the Al-Aqsa Mosque. Again, we've been telling you over the past few days that they're using the Al-Aqsa Mosque, which is supposedly the third holiest site in Islam. These rioters are using it as a weapons depot, essentially, a place to store weapons. And today... They hurled stones and Molotov cocktails from the mosque. And we have footage of it, as you can see right there. So footage provided by the Israeli foreign ministry. They posted that on social media, which is a good thing because the world can see the truth about what's really been happening. Israel has been accused of desecrating the Al-Aqsa Mosque. It's quite the opposite. The rioters who were egged on by Hamas are desecrating their own holy site. So that's number one. Number two, there was... Uh, an annual prayer, I believe annual or semi-annual prayer ceremony, a large one today at the Western Wall, which was pretty fascinating. And there was also a march through Jerusalem, and it was stopped short of the Damascus Gate, which is in a Muslim area of the old city where there's been a lot of stabbings and a lot of tension over the months and years. So a lot going on here in Jerusalem. God's city is a tinderbox Right now, and again, as we've reported on the newscast the past few days, Hamas is attempting to fan the flames. In the meantime, a top spokesman at the Kremlin, an aide close to Vladimir Putin, says the Alexander Nevsky Church in the old city a few miles behind me is, quote, at the top of Russia's agenda in its relations with Israel. Now, we reported on yesterday's newscast, if you missed it. Check it out right here in our archives. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe and click the notification bell so you get alerts every time we post a new video, perhaps even from here in Jerusalem. But we talked yesterday about the growing tensions between Russia and Israel. And Vladimir Putin sent a letter to Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett recently demanding control over this 19th century church in the old city of Jerusalem, right next to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. It's called the Alexander Nevsky Church. It's in a courtyard, and Putin is demanding control over it. Long story short, Israel agreed to hand over control to Russia about two years ago under Prime Minister Netanyahu, who was the leader at the time. An Israeli court 
went back on that decision a little while ago and said, no, we won't hand over control. And now Russia is demanding control. And folks, bet your bottom dollar. The main reason they are doing that is because they are very angry, as we discussed on yesterday's newscast. Again, I encourage you to check it out. We got into the prophetic implications as well. The war of Gog and Magog, Ezekiel 38 and 39. But Russia is doing this clearly and playing up now the Palestinian issue, including Putin's call with Mahmoud Abbas, the Palestinian Authority leader earlier this week. They're doing that as a way to strike back at Israel over the Israeli foreign ministry's condemnation of Russian war crimes in Ukraine. So now Russia is going to turn around and say, well, you're committing crimes against the Palestinians. That's how this is going to work. And tensions are going to increase. And now this church in Jerusalem has become a flashpoint. Moving on now, as we close uh, and throw to our interview, which I which I teased at the top, we're talking about Russia uh, on our brand new TVN show, Centerpoint, a nightly news show, which you can catch every night, Monday through Friday on TVN, 7.30 p.m. And then again at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time, I interviewed Oleg Magadich last week. He is a Ukrainian pastor who is also a warrior. Uh, he left his congregation, left his family, and went to the front lines to fight against the Russian invading forces. And not only has he uh, picked up a gun, he's fighting, he's a leader of men in that regard, but he's leading them in prayer, and he has a unique opportunity to share the gospel. The gospel, this is an incredible and inspiring story. Check it out. Pastor Oleg Magadich coming to us from on the ground, on the front lines in Ukraine. Watch an exclusive. And we are joined now from Ukraine by Pastor Oleg Magadich. Oleg, thank you so much for joining us. You are on the ground right now in Ukraine. You are close to the front line and close to Russian forces. First of all, tell us how you got here personally. I mentioned in the lead-in that you are a pastor, but you're also obviously a warrior and you're a father and a husband. When the Russian invasion unfolded, what was your first act? What did you do with your family? And how did you get where you are right now? Well, um, thank you for having me. Uh, and I want to say that eight years ago, Russia invaded Ukraine, and that's when my war started. And uh, that's when I started helping Ukrainian army um, distributing help uh, to the front lines and uh, trying to provide uh, spiritual help as well for the soldiers. And so when on February 24th, Russia started bombing uh, major Ukrainian cities, um, it wasn't the first day of the war for me. And I knew exactly what I'm going to be doing. So um, I told my wife and my kids that they have to leave Kyiv because I knew that Kyiv is going to be under a huge uh, attack. And uh, my wife and, and, and my son, they moved to the western Ukraine, uh, where they are at the moment. And my wife, Oksana, she's working at the refugee center there, taking care of 300-plus um, refugees. And um, I have joined a volunteer battalion. Um, I, have, um, I have people under my command that are... 100% volunteers, which means they do not get any kind of salary for what they're doing, but they're ready to sacrifice their lives for their people and their country. I don't want this Russian world to be here in my country. And, and I've lost some friends during this war in the last eight years, friends that loved Ukraine, 
and loved Ukrainians enough to die for them. And um, if I if I would move out of Ukraine at this moment, I would have to live with it through all my life. And I just couldn't do that. I I want Ukraine to be free. I want Ukrainians to be free. That's why I'm doing what, what I'm doing at the moment. Do you have an opportunity to share the gospel, to share Jesus, to share Christ uh, with your fellow soldiers and your countrymen as you're on the front lines? Yeah, as I said before, I'm a part of the volunteer battalion, which has a long history of fighting for Ukraine. And one of the pillars of this battalion is faith. So I have 120 people under my command and all of them are praying every single day. I lead them in the prayer. And um, when uh, we just came back to Kiev three days ago from the front lines, and when we when we were there, as you know, there are no atheists in a foxhole, and that's true. When you are under mortar mortar shelling, um, it influences your faith. It influences your theology. So everybody starts to pray to God. And um, the, the very first day we were at the front lines, we spent four hours under heavy shelling and no one was even injured in my team. So it was a huge testimony for them. Every night, every night they would ask me, are we going to pray before we go to bed? Those who went to bed. So uh, they were asking me to pray for them. So that's my, um, th this is my church at the moment. This is my church. Those are my people that I serve to. Are there any specific ways you're praying with your men and, and helping them to get through this experience? In most cases, our prayer is very simple. We pray for a few very specific things. One of them, we're praying to God to give us strength and wisdom in our training. Another thing we pray for is uh, we're praying for our brothers and sisters who are at the front lines at this very moment, and we ask God to protect them. And then one more thing we're praying for, we're praying for peace, but a very specific peace. We're praying for peace through the victory. We need a victory in this battle, and that's what we're praying for. And before we go, Oleg, how can we, TBN viewers around the world, how can we pray for you and your fellow soldiers and the people of Ukraine. Please be praying for the civilians. As soldiers, we're here to fight and we're ready to die, but we don't want any civilian to die. So please be praying for um, kids, for women, for elderly people that are there under uh, Russian aggression most of them, like in Mariupol, uh, they have no way out. Like they are living um, on the occupied territories and they can't escape and they're being killed and raped. Please be praying for them and pray for, for the soldiers, um, for God to protect them at the battlefield. Oleg, we will do exactly that on a personal level. We will be praying for you and your family and that you see them again, that you are reunited 
very soon. Oleg Magadets, we can't thank you enough for joining us. God bless you, my friend. Keep it up. Stay safe. Stay strong. We're praying with you. Thank you, Oleg. Thank you for having me. Folks, please keep Oleg Magadich and his family in your prayers and his men uh, who he's leading, who he's fighting alongside and, and pray that these through this horrible experience that they come closer to the Lord. And the Lord has strategically placed Oleg there in the trenches, quite literally, for such a time as this, as a way to be a witness and a testimony to his countrymen and his fellow soldiers. So amazing story. God bless him. Hey, God bless you from Jerusalem. We will be coming back to you from here tomorrow, God's Holy City, with a breaking report. And we'll be filming during the daytime tomorrow, so you get a nice look at the old city behind me. Until then, thanks so much for joining us here in The Watchman. Shalom from Jerusalem. God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace.